H.A. Jason here. Just want to comment on Arlen's call on your BRP calling episode. You, you know, back in the day, we didn't use D10s, and he shouldn't feel obligated to use D10s. He should do it the correct way where you roll D20 and, and just read it as 1 to 10. Hello rescuers, my name's Che Webster and this is a Roleplay Rescue bonus episode featuring a bunch of call-ins. I've got call-ins mostly on the subject of my interview with Liren and our conversation around labels, play styles and, well, communication generally. And really grateful for all of those call-ins as well, thank you very much for those. And then one or two just on the recent call-in episodes, so, you know, we'll fit those in like Jason's up, up at the front. Um... There was also a bunch of call-ins from Safer, from Safer Fantasy Crafting. And, well, this is the third one I'm going to play because it came later after Safer had obviously listened to Leon and I talk and we covered apparently quite a lot of the points that he wanted to make in our interview. That being said, as you'll hear in the call-in that I'm going to play, Safer was not very sure whether his calls had validity. Now, I have to say, I thought they were great, and I really got a lot out of them. But in respect to Safer, I'm not going to play all of them. I'm just going to play the later one, and I hope that's okay. On top of Safer's call, I've got calls from Barry, Jason, Brian, and Frank. So let's get into it. Rescue! Oh, hello, Che. Um... I've just listened to your um, podcast, with your, your recent podcast with your talk with Liren, uh, where my name was mentioned. And uh, I feel a little bit foolish now over my last message about talking, what I was talking about. It's it's quite clear that I'm not very good at communication. And um, perhaps that's what my old bosses were doing when they were sending me on all those communication seminars. They were trying to tell me a message. They were trying to tell me, you're no good at communicating. You need to learn something. So... Um, I just want to say, I suppose, as a, sorry, sorry to Liren. I want to apologise to Liren if I've offended her or said anything that she got upset about, or I triggered her in any way. That certainly wasn't my intention. Um, when I, yeah, perhaps I need to reconsider how I frame things. I, I, I want to go back to, I listened to your what it, what it was I said in your uh, podcast. I went back to try and listen to that podcast, see what it was that, that may have offended her so much. And I think, I think it's probably the word inauthentic. I think when I use the word inauthentic, I think that's probably a, a miss, uh, a poorly judged term. Uh, I was just really meaning it to mean um, unbelievable, unrealistic to me. I wasn't, there's other connotations linked to that word that perhaps I should have thought of. Um, so I apologise for that. And, uh, um, you know, I'm I'm just giving my opinions. I'm never, I never assume that what I'm saying has got any authority to it or, it's, or I'm trying to tell people this is the way things should be or is things i'm never trying to be prescriptive what i'm saying i'm just giving my personal opinion i never expect anyone else to share my opinion quite frankly even even as a nerd i'm very i'm very surprised when people have similar likes and opinions to to me after my experience of in the 80s how few people liked role-playing games but um so no i you know i mean role-playing games are perhaps a bit like i don't know if i can say anymore this is just going to cause more trouble and it's not my intention but um never my intention i guess role-playing games are a bit like um video games there's lots of different types of video games you know there's they're all different types they're all video games i mean a two a 2d platformer is a very different game to a um first person shooter which is um different to a first person role-playing game Uh, battlefield is very different to skyrim and i think it's just a question of 
preference. I'm like like with video games. I'm all, I, I don't really like two D platformers. I've played them. I've might have enjoyed them briefly, but I always I just treat them as a casual thing. That I don't really get involved in. I I always lean more towards the Skyrim type games, and uh, I get involved in games like that. I'm playing a game called Kingdom Come Deliverance at the moment on um, PS4. And I think it's great. It's really immersive, I find. There's a lot of things that a lot of people imagine would think were horribly frustrating and mundane. Having to sharpen your your blades, having to repair your boots, having to actually cook potions rather than just make a potion. You have to actually mix the materials and you have to heat, you have to pull the bellows to heat the fire and you have to turn the egg timer over to time it. It's, I love that and I'm kind of restricting myself to. I'm I'm avoiding things like fast travel and auto creation of potions and that because I want that immersive experience. Um, so I think it's just a question of preference. But I, I yeah I do I do apologise if my words were misconstrued or badly ill thought of. Perhaps I shouldn't have used that word inauthentic. Uh, I apologise for that. Um, we're all they're all role playing games. Everybody's got different appetites and preferences, and uh, perhaps I should consider that more before i open my mouth but uh okay thank you then Chay. thanks for listening take care all the best to you thank you safer for your call it is wonderful to hear you call in and um i know that you were sort of well you sounded like you were beating yourself up there quite a bit and i don't think that's actually necessary i know liran i think well enough to know that she's very understanding and i also know that speaking from my own experience we never intend to cause offence or trigger anybody or anything like that. You know, when that happens, when I do that, I know that it's unintended and I have to remind myself when, you know, people's complaints or comments trigger my social anxiety that I have to remember that actually I didn't intend that and and you can't control someone else's response. I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at here. That being said, I think it's massively amazing of you to call in, uh, pick up on what you think was the problem and kind of offer the apology. I don't want to speak for Liren, but I'd rather suspect that she would smile and appreciate it. On your wider comments, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of almost what my podcast is about. Uh, this idea that while well, playing games, very, very big, broad church is the word I'd like to use, but I'm stealing that from the Church of England, but very broad um, tent that's what Paul Hetalema says and I I wholeheartedly agree and I, I think that the thing here is that on Roleplay Rescue I guess that I'm in the niche of a niche of a niche the niche of like games a niche of role-playing games the niche of probably more simulationist gaming than you know the narrativist or gamist if we're going to use those terms which I'm you know, increasingly spurious about the point is I think my little corner of the hobby and corner's not the right word because it implies there's only four bits right but this little bit of the hobby that I'm operating in is is just my view and like you Safer I make assertions all the time but I don't speak with authority I speak for me and I'm hoping that the people listening here and many of you perhaps have affinity with empathy for understanding of even if you don't have agreement with the things that I say and that's kind of what binds us together this sense of being on a journey of discovery, trying to get more out of our gaming, even getting back to the table in a meaningful way. Um, that's what I feel I stand for alongside doing that, you know, discovery thing together 
with understanding and acceptance. And so the last thing I wanted to say on this is, Safer, you are accepted here in our community and you can say what you want, really. Uh, make the assertions you want. I don't think you're going to cause offence because you sound to me like a really quite nice chap. Thanks for the call in. Game on. Hey, Jay, Jason here, just calling in about your Portal Messages episode. You know, Frank's a great guy. He's depart- He's imparted a lot of wisdom to us. But of the three Indiana Jones movies, by far, well, not by far, but the Temple of Doom is my favorite. I, it, although there are times it goes back and forth between Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Obviously, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark first. I saw them all in theaters. Last Crusade's fine. It, it's a little too polished for me. So I, I definitely appreciate Raiders and um, Temple of Doom more than Last Crusade. And, and I think Temple of Doom does eke out just a little bit in front for me. But great show. Talk to you later. Hi, Jay. It's Barry here. Just calling in to say listen to your episode of the interview with Liren um, and to say that I really enjoyed it especially some of the stuff around about talking about story games um, because I've seen a lot of experience of people referring to story games in that negative way as well and it kind of really irritates me. I mean, it's weird because they're not my... The games that generally get labeled story games aren't generally the ones that I massively enjoy because of my style of play, but... I find it very irritating, the derogatory term that gets thrown around. People's like, oh, that's just a story game, especially just a story game, for example. Um, I've got a lot to say on this, really, but I can't really read <laughs> lots of messages. might do my own episode in it. But really to say I hate that kind of prejudgment and people bringing their own baggage and their own ways without actually trying things. I think people ought to play those games and actually, you know, just try and enjoy them. And fair enough if it's not for them, but throwing around these terms in a sort of derogatory way rather than maybe talking about that a game maybe has narrative mechanisms so I don't enjoy, which is what you want to say. Really, I'm just saying it's just a story game and I find that kind of irritating. So I'm kind of a guess mirroring what Liren said a little bit that one and i find that attitude a bit restrictive really anyway that's it on that one thanks barry for your call i really appreciated it and yeah i tend to agree i've got to be honest i'm going to put my hand on heart here and just say i've done it not necessarily with story gaming maybe i have but certainly there are times when i have spoken down about what other people like and i think especially when i was younger i think that um yeah i'm trying to wean myself off that behavior and i feel like trying to be more open and accepting of difference is you know, really key it's hard and I, and I think that when people are uh, speaking in those kind of ways i guess we also have to try and be accepting you know that they don't see things in the way that we do that isn't to say that we can't challenge it, it isn't to say that we can't question it i mean i find asking questions is quite an effective thing well that's interesting what do you mean by story game but I know that we don't always have the time and energy for it either. And so the easiest and quickest thing is, and I, know I do this all the time, is just to get annoyed. So I appreciated you calling in and sort of echoing what um, Liren said. And I suppose what I'm trying to get to is a place where I am open to other ideas. And like you just said, you know, maybe this isn't the way I like to play, but, you know, I'm going to try and open to it and listen to it and, and maybe even give it a go. Um, I know that I've certainly not given enough games a go. And, you know, I in the episode with Lear and I talked about how I hadn't tried the Apocalypse World game. So, you know, I'm not exactly innocent of having a restricted view of the hobby, I suppose. But then again, on the other hand, I would suggest that maybe it's impossible to experience the whole breadth of this hobby because it is just such a big, huge tent. Thanks, man. 
Game on. Just got done listening to the latest roleplay rescue um, with uh, Liren, your interview with Liren. And what a fascinating lady. I'm going to have to pick her brain on ASD children. Anyway, you were correct. Uh, you will probably, you, you have at least one call in and to satisfy that, um, that itch, to scratch that itch that uh, she would like to hear some feedback on, on the show. Um, I think she should talk about those things more often, although it's been a couple of years since I've listened to her podcast. I, I'm, I'm going to have to come back to it. But uh, nevertheless, I think that beyond, uh, and this is a perfect example of how role-playing is a, uh, a life skill, or at least it's a transferable skill for life, I, I think there's some great advice, not just for role-playing, but uh, it, it's almost like relationship advice. And, uh, and perhaps that's one of the keys to role-playing is you're not just sitting down at a computer or a console and playing with faceless strangers. Most regular role-playing groups our relationships and so we really have to understand relationships I think to get the most out of role-playing and enjoy what we're doing as well as have other people enjoy what we're doing so I think that uh, there's a lot of food for thought there I'm gonna have to go back and this is a twofer. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to it again. I think. And this time, I'm gonna take notes. Good day, Che. Brian calling from the future and the other side of the world, and give you some feedback. You and Lear and feedback on nine one two. That was a fantastic conversation. Found it really, really insightful and enjoyable and please don't worry about the length of time it may have taken to put it out or being delayed because it could be timeless loved Liren's description of the base mechanics or or if you will system of how you know some of the pbta or narratives games work i i think that's very helpful too and gives you something to wrap your head around if you're from a different background and this probably needs a little bit more explanation. Maybe I should do an episode because I've been looking back at PBTA games or other games and getting very curious about them. It does seem like there are many different stories or genres or scenarios that this type of game would just fit better for or 
you know, whether it's for a campaign or, you know, one shot or, or a few short sessions, it just seems like it could be a better match. And I think that coupled with just the creativity and obviously right now, you know, the golden native RPGs, we have creativity everywhere and lots of independent creators. I find that that's, you know, a bit inspiring and, and refreshing and watching some of these games build off each other. And again, we we've, we see that in uh, some of the other, you know, independent, even ones that are doing traditional, you know, OSR inspired. But it makes me wanna, it makes me wanna get into it and see, especially if it's something there that I can take and play with some non, you know, non-traditional tabletop RPG players. So well done, thank you. You're very welcome, Brian. Brian from Have to Look That Up there, and obviously before that, Frank from Middle Kingdom Games. And yeah, I kind of thought those were lovely to go together. So. Let's deal with Frank relationships. Yes, the role-playing group is a relationship. Absolutely it is. And of course, remember, every single, with any relationship, every single time you change a member of that group, the whole dynamic changes. That's sort of one of the psychological truths of human beings, I think. So you have to keep working on it. You can't like ever take people for granted, um, even though I know hand on heart. Probably have. Brian, thank you so much for sort of echoing back on the PBTA games, uh, powered by the Apocalypse, for those who don't know. And um, yeah, I, as I said earlier, I've not played them. I, I am, like you, more curious. And I think your point is really is a really strong one. It's this idea that actually there are different approaches to gaming for different effects. And I'm, I'm desperately trying, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over here, but I'm desperately trying to get people to understand that actually your appetites in gaming lead to a certain effect that you're trying to get, a certain experience that you want to have at the table or you want to give to your players at the table, depending on how you look at it. And um, yeah, there's different approaches, different rule systems, different approaches to methodology, and different worlds that work in combination to give you the effect that you want. And I think the key here is that we've got to figure out what it is we want before we can work towards giving it that proper effect that we're seeking, to try and push for that, and then find the tools to do that. And that's really what I'm trying to do here um, all the time, like this whole trying to look at ways of getting what I want for my gaming, but also hear from people who have different approaches and different styles. And so that's, you know, fundamentally why I keep talking to people like Liren, who are amazing, but also different. Anyway, I feel like I'm rattling on. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for calling. It's just one more little word from Jason, and we're done for today. Take it away, Jason. Okay, I'll give you some actual show content tropes. I, I think tropes are interesting, and maybe I need to go back and listen to that episode, but here's my question for you. I know, Mr. Webster, that if we're playing a game, and I ask you, what's the name of the tavern, that pulls you out of the game. If you start running into obvious tropes in the game, at what point do they pull you out of the game? Or you know, is, is a slight reference to, to the trope, the the greedy dwarf, the, you know, haughty elf, you, you know, the, the halfling that wants to eat all the time. Does that, I assume that's okay. Well, what point do the, the tropes pull you out when halflings are all little thieves or, I'm just curious. So Jason, thank you. What an amazing question and an interesting question. And the truth is that I'm not, totally sure I can give a definitive answer you have to bear in mind that I've not played 
for a very, very long while until more recently. So since I started running this podcast over the last, what we come up to now, nearly three years, I've played more games than I did in the previous sort of 35 years or something. Um, well, since I left school in 1989. So what, I don't know. I can't do math in my head. Irrelevant. So yeah, what am I experiencing at the moment? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I think tropes are a really good thing. I think it was a caller from the Red Caps podcast who said that, you know, tropes are a really useful tool. And I think that's true. Where does it pull me out? Well, the problem I've had with games I've been playing in, if I'm really honest, is that I'm never actually immersed enough to know. I am not actually finding myself deeply immersed in the world in any of the games I'm playing in. More in Arlen's most recent game, but I've only played one session. So essentially, I've not had enough time in the world to, to become immersed. Uh, that's a whole episode I need to go into there. But if I was to hazard a guess, I would guess that it depends on whether the thing, the trope, fits the content, the world that it's in. So if you were to pull a trope that clashed deeply with the style and flavour of the world that we're playing in, I'd probably notice. If it fits really closely to that genre, probably going to notice less. And the other thing is if it becomes overdone or boring. So that's a really hard fine line to, to get. On top of that, I suspect that it depends on where the trope is coming from. So... I know that inappropriate dropping of those kind of tropey comments from players damages my sense of, you know, verisimilitude and connection with the world and setting. And that's really hard because players, you know, make jokes all the time and it's all sorts of stuff. And I do it too as a player. So, you know, I'm not making any accusations here. But I also feel like if it's coming from the GM, I'm going to accept it more because the GM is the ultimate arbiter of the world. Um, if it's coming from a player that's in genre and very much in the right flavor and mood, then that's fine by me. So let me try and give that example. You talked about the, the halfling who eats a lot and all that. Um, I think if we're playing in Tolkien's world or a world that's inspired by that in a fantasy game, that's probably just fine. But I mean, if Hobbit turns up in my Traveller game, that's going to jar. Um I think if a hobbit turns up in my modern conspiracy horror game, that's going to jar. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I have to caveat the whole thing I just said with I really don't have enough experience as a player because I've never experienced the level of immersion in the world since about 1989. Game on. <laughs> So that's it from this bonus call-in episode. Massive thank you to Barry, Jason, Safer, Frank, Brian, and of course to Liren for inspiring so much of this stuff today. It's been great. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. And I hope to hear from you again very soon. My name's Che Webster. This is a Roleplay Rescue bonus episode. Game on. (laughs) 